¿Dónde están perros? Quiero verlos saltando Deme más perros Quiero verlos gritando Quiero más perros Ya los oigo ladrando Que el cartel trae el mando Y venimos a acabar ¿Dónde están perros? Quiero verlos saltando Deme más perros Quiero verlos gritando Quiero más perros Ya los oigo ladrando Que el cartel trae el mando Y venimos a acabar el águila que devoró la serpiente Poderoso como una K-47 Piénsenlo dos veces antes de intentar tocar a mi gente De donde vengo las cosas son muy diferentes Como el jefe de jefes, tengo a mis perros en la línea Van a llorar como niñas cuando sientan mis mordidas Aún no han hecho la tumba para el real mesía soy el maestro, el quinto elemento Ligero como el viento, muchos me quieren ver muerto Pero lo siento, soy más duro que el cemento Y en la calle recibí el mejor entrenamiento ¿Dónde están perros? Quiero verlos saltando Deme más perros Quiero verlos gritando Quiero más perros Ya los oigo ladrando Que el cartel trae el mando Y venimos a acabar ¿Dónde están perros? Quiero verlos saltando Deme más perros Quiero verlos gritando Quiero más perros Ya los oigo ladrando Que el cartel trae el mando Y venimos Greetings to another episode of Lucha World. This is uh, Vandal Drummond, Kurt V.D. Brown, and Freewheeling Frito Esparza. Um, this has been a lousy, lousy week. Very lousy. For both people who love Lucha Libre and you, for Southern California uh, wrestling folk, this you, has been a really, really sad week. It's been really weird because it's been um, there's been a lot of great wrestling. Mm-hmm. For some reason, there's been a lot of great wrestling, but then there's so much sadness that comes with all of it. Exactly. Every time something good comes up, something bad, other bad news comes up, and you know it's not like. It it's just, so true. You know, started last Sunday, really. Well, in fact, I was telling, I was. Uh, telling you that, you know, I uh, preparing for this podcast, I was going to try to uh, watch some old uh, Paraguayo Junior matches, and I, I, at some point, I just got really bummed out. Yeah, um, I was. I think the most surprising thing to me was that how, how young he was, how much how much he did before he passed away. Five huh? years old. Yeah, I, and I it totally. You know, the age, me. the age, like him being thirty five, isn't what surprised me. It's that. At the point, he was like already like a star and everything. Like he was basically in WWF at that time. Before WWE most kids get out of high school. Nineteen. Um, he was Perils del Mal, like what twenty four, twenty five years old, which is kind of like yeah. one of the. I you mean, don't really it, think about this stuff till it, it's, he passes it's away. Funny because the reason I never thought of him being so young. It's been around for a while too. So. He has, but you know he because correct me if I'm wrong. His first match was in L.A. Yeah, yeah. Now, well, he had that one um, Olympic match. Yes, with, with, with Juventud uh, Guerrera. Guerrera. Yeah. Now, the funny thing is, I know the commission, the California State Athletic Commission, was, you know, had no uh, authority over pro wrestling for five years. But I still had this old school train of thought that, oh, you don't start wrestling till you're 18. Yeah. Because you had to be 18. Have your parents' permission. Exactly. No, I don't think <laughs> you can't do that for, uh, actually, actually, for wrestling. There's, there's a way uh, some of the, the some guys to get their parents' permission. They got fake IDs made up. Yeah. So they drink, but for so they could wrestle. Uh, that did happen. Yeah. Um, but no, I it, it just you know I know there's a lot of wrestlers you know especially you know in the days of yore when uh, they started their careers when they were 15, but. I mean, I think Rene Guajardo, somebody told me he started at like 14 or something like that. Wow. Well, Rene Guajardo? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's what I was... Well, there's some guys who start about that age, 13, 14 years old. Yeah. 
But um, you fear if they're like a second generation kid, they've been around the ring for oh, since exactly. like they were six, I, seven I, years old. There's a lot of guys who I'm sure were doing bumps in their sleep before they were in third grade. Yeah, it's like. Well, I mean, Superboy <laughs> yeah. was doing Maromas in the yeah. ring when he was four or five. Well, that's what they were showing. Um, um, someone posted a, a video of um, the Paraguayo video. Remember he did a, yes. a, a, a special on, um, I can't remember what. Was what that company. when they had the series of specials? Yeah, there one was on a, like, Aguayo, yeah. one on Ijo de Kanek and all those guys. And his, um, I think, I, the only thing I can't remember, I didn't watch, I haven't watched this in, in like decades probably, but they were showing at the end that he has um, his son training because mm-hmm. he opened a wrestling school in Tala. And, um, it's his son and a bunch of other kids, and you see his little son, uh, Perro Junior, mm-hmm. wrestling like this older kid, and he's taking him down to the <laughs> mat and everything. So, and he's talking about Perro Piero Guayo Senior is talking about how how he thinks more parents should like um, get their kids more involved in sports and stuff mm-hmm. to get away from drugs and all this stuff. Wow! And it's like you're you're just hearing all the you just see Perro Guayo Junior at that age, and you're, it even feel it even hurts more that he exactly. Passed away. I saw well the picture that I thought of right away when he had passed away was. That picture of him, uh, next, the sombrero. Not in the sombrero, but the one when he is two years old next to Abdul the butcher and his father. Oh, I, it, it's was, just, he, was he smiling? No, no. He just had yeah. these little doe eyes, yeah. just this little innocent eyes, and yeah. here's Abdullah to the left of him, <laughs> Pero to the right of him. These two badass-looking guys and just this adorable little kid. I can't just, remember what wrestler was saying that he when when he was a kid. He was around so many wrestlers, and it just didn't seem weird to him to have wrestlers around. It might have been one of the Guerrero. It was Chavo Guerrero Jr., wasn't it? It was, We interviewed yes, him, and yes. he was talking about how, how he didn't really, like, he would have these heels, and he would he just never really thought of it that way. That you he, grow up with he it, was, it looks He was normal. used to it, yeah. Well, in fact, I remember, uh, I can't, I, I'm loosely paraphrasing, but Bret Hart said something about wrestlers came over all the time. And they just seemed like. Well, I think that's other... why that's why it was brought up with Chavo Guerrero because you actually mentioned that to him. That's right. Because yeah. the one wrestler that uh, did look unusual and scary uh, to him was Abdul the Butcher because yeah. he had seen what he'd done on TV and was terrified of him, which wow. I could understand <laughs> until you hear him talk. I heard. It... Yeah, yeah, I know. When I was a kid, I, I thought he was the scariest. Oh, guy in the world. me too. Uh, him. Yeah. Uh, him, Ox Baker, and Ernie Ladd. And really? I always thought Ox Baker was scary until I heard about the patty cake fight he got in with Haystack Calhoun oh, in a dressing room. And, uh, oh, yeah, well. you know. But um, yeah, I, I assume you, you've you probably watched the video numerous times like I have. Well, you know, I, I actually had the misfortune of being up at that time when... That's uh, right. When, um, that, when um, he was going through the first the accident and then um, him passing away. Because what I remember is... Um, my head was already spinning because earlier that evening, that was Friday, last Friday evening. Yeah, and I was just going through that. I was reading all of the stuff I, about Cincinnati I Red. To, yeah, I went on Facebook and I was reading everybody's um, info because, I mean, there's a lot of guys who aren't right now in the area. Mm-hmm. Like Kevin Kleinrock, Samoa Joe. Yes. Who were mentioning all, um, him passing away. And I was like, wow, what happened? So I, I mean, go on Samoa Facebook. Joe, one of yeah. the students. Yeah, so I go on Facebook and I, I start reading everybody like Logan. Um, Logan X who wrestles here lo- mm-hmm. wrestled lo- locally you Dan everybody else and I was like wow what's going on I it, it totally caught me off guard because yeah. yeah I was I didn't know him but I mean still. yeah I, well you know I knew and I only knew him so much this is this is funny Cincinnati Red the first time I recall seeing him wrestling was uh, at one of Johnny Legend's shows although <laughs> I, I've talked about this show before, but this was the most... When I talked about my low point as a wrestler... When was that? When was that? I would say 96. Okay. So he must have been just... Early kind t- of 20s? Yeah, yeah. It was at 
Burbank at the Hilton, and it was part of a, a media convention where people are trying to showcase like modern media, you know, antiques now. But yeah, <laughs> and uh, as part of it, Johnny was going to have some of our incredibly strange wrestling going on. <laughs> Well, we had matches, and there was a match, and there was uh, Larry Rivera and Danny Wolf uh, um, doing the commentating, and they were the only audience. Really? Wow. No, there were a lot of people in the room, yeah, but yeah. not one. <laughs> I kept looking. Nobody was watching the wrestling. Yeah. They were playing video games or talking. Nobody was even looking at it curiously. They were walking by it. Because uh, I, I remember I wrestled Frankie's, Frankie D, and I don't recall who Cincinnati Red was wrestling but I remember just seeing this burly guy and I you know first thing I thought oh we're going to see a lot of uh, forearm smashes here and I wish I could remember who he is working with maybe um, you'll remember after the podcast is over yeah exactly <laughs> but no but no I, I mean he was going for it and, and part of me wanted to get in the ring and say Hey, stop working so hard. Nobody's watching. <laughs> but I, 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 I said, wow. You know, I didn't know he was one of Jesse's students. And yeah. I, I, you know, but it made sense when I later heard that. He was very, very talented, very good. Uh, the funny thing is we never talked until uh, MPW, till uh, Logan X restarted. Really? Wow. He, he, well, you, you saw how he always yeah. had a real serious. Very serious, yeah, yeah. I always thought he didn't like me. And maybe <laughs> and maybe I gave off a bad vibe, too. Maybe he thought I was stuck up and didn't like him or something. But uh soon as he started booking me for the shows, I realized, oh, wow, this, this guy likes me okay. And he... I was really tickled because you know I'm way past my prime. You know I, yeah. I, they didn't need me on the shows, but uh, he would frequently email me, especially if they're doing a benefit show. Um, and I know you know he could also be very stubborn and uh, strong-headed. And if I guess you were in his camp, you loved that about him. If you weren't, that drove you crazy. Um, but just my on my part, he is always very good to me. Yeah, uh, very nice. And uh, um, I know he and Jesse Hernandez had a falling out at some point, and uh, miraculously, they uh, mended fences on the day of his passing. Because here's the bigger irony: is uh, Bobby Bradley Senior, uh, who yeah, you were telling me about. Yeah, 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 Bobby, who he promoted and even did some wrestling in the early '90s. Uh, father of you know SoCal's Bobby Bradley, uh, he had passed away, and they both saw each other for the first time in ages at the funeral and mended fences. And uh, oh, wow. the timing couldn't have been better. I mean, yeah. I'm you know that that I mean I'm sure it's hurting Jesse pretty bad right now, but I think it would have hurt a lot worse if you never really. Yeah, at least you went you knowing that you yeah. had already. <laughs> It's classic and wrestling. It's classic and wrestling too. The, the the people who get along the worst eventually, like Luthez, Buddy Rogers, became friends the last few years. And of then you Buddy know Rogers the weird life, thing is know? that a lot of these guys, if they tell you why they weren't getting along, mm-hmm. it's nothing. Like you would think, oh, are you serious? This is like so yes, so yes, like so no big a deal. As because I grew up, I grew up seeing wrestlers these big behemoths yeah. and stuff. And, and when then you hear about that, because it's somebody, somebody said something. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh god, a friend no. of a friend. It's like yeah. junior high. It's yeah, like grow some, up, guys. Some, so it's like you're just like amused. It just amazes you that they don't. Yeah. 
but uh, you know, just just uh, just want to give a before we go on to the lucha, just want to give a salute to Red. I didn't know this till recently. He, I didn't know he was that so young. I think he, neither 40, did I. Right? He's forty years old. Yeah, I, I, I and I, I didn't know he had so such bad health problems. I, yeah, I, I guess he had several heart attacks. I always like. I, I think I always imagine people are older than me for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, well, you know, when you I'm when 53 and I do that. When you're in wrestling, when when you go hang out with people, like, because and like Dr. Lucha said, mm-hmm. I'm always hanging around with older guys, right? <laughs> older, <laughs> older people. It's like, so I assume everybody's older than me, right? See, I'm and then in, when they I'm tell in, you that they're your age or younger, it's like, oh crap, I didn't know that. See, I'm in, <laughs> in denial. I'm so childish. Yeah, yeah. I don't realize I'm older than everybody else. Uh, no, but just just want to say, I didn't know this. He teamed he teamed with Rey Mysterio Jr. and Damian Six Six Six. Yeah, I think uh, wasn't that like a in San Bernardino yeah, or something? I can't rem- Meltzer said it was a TV taping, but I I I remember it. I know it. I I remember seeing it as a handheld, like somebody filmed oh, it. Okay, yeah. so I don't know if it was a TV taping, yeah. but I remember it as a handheld. It might have been a TV taping. Possibly, I'm not. It could I'm be not. one of those TV yeah. tapings that never saw. The yeah, light you don't. Day. You never know because they used to air all over the place. There was like. I wouldn't know. Yeah. I just know I saw it as a handheld years ago. But I know there's a lot of uh, people here in Southern California who, you know, loved Red and knew him well and saw him. And so we just wanted to give yeah. a little salute. And, and you know, I, I was I was, I was was glad that at least people remembered him. Like, mm-hmm. as soon as... Because, I mean, when you hear the shocking death of Paraguay Jr., mm-hmm. the way he died, the tragic death, it's like you would think people would already automatically forget what happened exactly. to Red. Exactly. But it's like... It's, it's no, just... He, it just Added it just piled on more of the tragedy exactly, over the, and there was already tragedy from the previous um, Tuesday when um, the bus accident. Yes, yes. For the AAA staff members, apparently it got it was worse than. I mean, it was bad when they said because I mean Irma mm-hmm. Osorno passed away, mm-hmm. but then apparently Octagon is saying that there's a lot of um, staff workers who are still in the hospital. Oh no way! Some are still in comas. Do we know what happened? And one of them is in. Um, one of them might have um, had a, a limb amputated. Oh my god! I mean, he didn't say See, which I, limb. I heard like, really, holy shit! I heard very vague reports yeah. of what happened. Does anybody know? what? I think there was a truck that that the back of the truck, um, I guess, it loosened and and fell off. Oh! And from that point, it hit. I guess the the bus tried to move, get out of the way, or it hit it, mm. and then they crashed into the. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, it's but just I heard it was bad. I heard it was bad from when they. They brought it up. It's just been a really sad week. Somebody dies, you know it's bad. You know? Exactly. And, well, you know, and, and, and see, what I'll always remember about last Friday was I remember just being on Facebook and seeing that Red was in the hospital. And I was in line for an In-N-Out burger. And by the time I had gotten my burger, he had I, I well, refreshed it and he had died. And yeah. then... And then, like Ray, the Rey Mysterio story, um, the Hijo de Pedro Aguayo story. Well, Rey Mysterio is kind of part of the story, uh, but Hijo de Pedro Aguayo story. Um, what happened? Um, Mass Republic tweeted out that um, you know, say a prayer for Pedro Junior because something must. We all knew something must have happened. Right. So then yeah. um, there was a report that uh, Pedro Aguayo Junior was taken to the hospital. I end up. I start um, um, DMing um, with Kevin Kleinrock. Mm-hmm. And he starts telling me that um, Perro's in the hospital and it's pretty, it's serious. Oh, he had an accident. See, I saw somebody post just something like, oh, he's injured and is hospitalized, which you hear every and day. Then, so so. As, as Kevin's telling me this, he mentions that he, um, he's heard he's passed away. And I wrote, I, and I found a news article that said he, had, he was in stable condition. Mm-hmm. So then I, tell, I, I posted that, that, that he was in stable condition. Like five minutes later, not even five minutes later, Kevin Kleinrock tells me he passed away. And I was like, holy oh shit. God. I was like, 
Wow. Horrible news. Like, I was just like, I think, like, you hear, like, somebody pass away, you wake up in the morning, somebody, you hear the story. It's and, not the and, same. It's not the same as you're, you're hearing from somebody and they're telling you that they're getting the information from yeah. friends who are actually at the hospital and I telling them what's going on. I was getting up the next morning and going on to, you know. And apparently a lot of people went because, I mean, they were going to have, like, a, 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 like a tribute for Ray Mysterio returning to um, Tijuana. Right. So you had a lot of the wives, the family members oh, going man. to the thing. Um, Conan's wife actually went. Yeah, and you know Conan's wife is a sweetheart. We met her, and very she's nice a very lady. nice lady. Yeah, you can't imagine. I mean, you feel bad for oh, I feel somebody bad. who's not in wrestling. I feel that. bad for everybody involved. Yeah. I mean, just uh, and and like has been pointed out that Conan was there when Graham Davies died. Yeah, and he I mean, was, he's lost. He was a lot in of the friends. ring. He was in the ring when Pentagon, um, the original Pentagon, who was Espanto oh, Junior, did the black flip and um, almost died in the ring. Was that the one where he was temporarily dead? Yeah, where oh, he was yeah. temporarily dead. Okay, yeah. Uh, he was in. He was there. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, everybody was targeting. Um, there was this one person who asked, oh, this is going to... Because the initial story... Mm-hmm. And this is what happened. Um, Rey Mysterio, what was mentioned by a lot of people early on was that um, Paraguay Jr. had moved out of the way of a, of a 619. That was the initial story. Uh-huh. And everybody got that, oh, he killed him with a 619. He, mm-hmm. Nobody ever said that. Like the initial reports, nobody said that. Wow. Just people read that wrong or translated wrong. It was no, and, and and even afterwards, as I, I was writing it, somebody told me that that wasn't how, what happened. That he fell and it looked he, he was already like knocked unconscious. That's just, that's and once thing. you watch the video, it's you, you see it's obvious he was already before yeah, you watch he, anything happening. He was already. And done. that's the funny thing is, I think everybody wants to rush to have an answer. Not just to in wrestling and news. It's like uh, when uh, Gabri- you know, the Gabriel Gifford was shot in Arizona. Yeah, I remember hearing the report on the news that she had died. And in this day and age, everybody wants to be the first ones to yeah, get the yeah, story yeah. in. And she had not died, obviously. The other thing was uh, Columbine. The whole trench coat posse thing. Never happened. Trench coat posse was uh, some kid with a wild imagination. Told a news reporter they reported it, and it took on yeah, a myth of its own. I know when I was up at that time, and um, Kevin had told me he passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin told me he was going to wait till Ruben, um, his um, the other person in charge of Mass mm-hmm. Republic. Um, he told me he was going to wait for him, and I said, you know what, I'm going to wait till somebody else in Mexico yeah. conf- confirms it. And sure enough, like I think it was an hour later, somebody confirmed it. So then that's when I that's when I actually wrote the that article that I wrote on uh, Lucha World was that by that point somebody had already confirmed it, and I was yeah because it it was frustrating, you know. Here I I I don't think anybody had any ill intentions, but so many people on Facebook were saying this is the point where it happened. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's trying to get everybody's playing doctor and all this stuff. Although, you know, I, I got to say the, the, the one of the earliest doctors they talked to an mm-hmm. actual doctor who is actually a doctor who specializes in head trauma, right? Spine, spinal, um, all that cervical and all that stuff. He was, he was one of the guys who said, um, the cervical spine trauma was the, oh. what happened. And then afterwards, a lot of people were saying that it was a cardiac arrest. But then when we were talking, you said it was possible that he had a, it, both things could have happened. You know, one could have led to the other. Right. And it, what it, the latest update was that um, they found um, the autopsy found that he had um, three broken, three fa- fractured vertebrae. Because, yeah, that was, a, yeah. A, a, in fact, I remember not 
hearing until yesterday that there was going to be an autopsy. Yeah. I know in some situations. I guess they take, it takes a while for them to go through all the information. Right, right. Yeah. But I, yeah, uh, you know. They're still investigating the, like, they just want to make sure that they get all, everything cleared up. Yeah, that's the funny thing is there's all this will Ray Mysterio be charged. But I but think, that's not what, I think yeah. this is where it's, people are so stupid. They're not investigating to send them to prison. They're exactly. investigating so that they could close, so they could tell everybody what happened and, like, can actually give a, a report, a proper report of what happened. You know, it's not it's not placing blame on everybody. In fact, one of the most uh, famous tragedies in uh, lucha history was Christmas Day, nineteen seventy nine, when Sangre India died. Uh, you know, a bump he probably did a hundred times just went wrong, and yeah. uh, and you know, I, I think it was one of the opening tag matches, and they did an investigation on that. I mean, just. Yeah, it's what you do. It's, it's like I think they probably knew going into it it was an accident, but I just if somebody that, dies. I think you got to so check weird. it out. Like I, I, I've been going through all this stuff with the internet lately because a lot of like you'll write something, and somebody like wants to get more out of that mm-hmm. story. Like it's like you can't write like like you can't write so and so said this, and then because then the next person's gonna write. What did he mean by that? Did he mean oh, he brother. killed them? People have What's to read on? into stuff. It's like they always have to read into more more of the story. It's like no, you're just. It's just you telling yeah. the story, and it's like, not, not there's no more, to, not more. And it, no more it's, it. it's funny because again, Facebook. I mean, I, I love Facebook, but boy, people drive yes. me crazy on there. And some people were rightfully saying how the media is misrepresenting the whole story. People are, uh, you know, like you said, qu- quick to get a lot of misinformation yeah, out there. Yeah. But a lot of these same people were upset that, you know, and they always say, they do this to wrestling all the time. They do this to a lot of things. They do it to a lot of things. The media does it to a lot of things. And these same, and I'm, you know, and I'm talking about a lot of people. I'm talking about two or three people. A lot of these same people who are upset about this are the same people who will jump on a phony story, uh, you know, about politics or the law or something like that and posting they're immediately outraged before checking yeah, to see yeah, if it's yeah. true it's like I it, think, it always ends up being like the third comment telling them hey you're wrong about this and then oh I, I didn't understand that or yeah 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 but, but I still think it's wrong or whatever yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah yeah but um you know I'm sure we'll learn more as time goes on I, I mean I it sounds like they kind of know what went down more yeah. or less but yeah, I, I just you, you feel bad for the guys also involved in the match, and everybody. Oh, how could had, you not? That's just because that's I mean, affect them forever. Yeah, you know, like, like, like I was telling you, Ray Mysterio's. Mm-hmm. There's been some. This is another one of those stories. Um, mm-hmm. Ray Bucanero mentioned to him about he's hurt. He's considering retiring. Yeah. Which I mean, every wrestler's probably thinking that. Every wrestler that's oh, been yeah. talked has said that. I mean, Nero Casas has said he. He, he, he was asked about that, and he said, he said, you know, I don't blame a wrestler for thinking about retiring. Mm-hmm. It's like, but, I mean, if you're scared, you should really get out of the business. Yeah. It's like, he's like, so it's like, even you, like, when we were going to the show, mm-hmm. one of the first things I asked Kurt in, on the ride to the show is like, are you going to stop wrestling? And you had actually said, hey, you know, maybe I will. Mm-hmm. We get to the show. Superboy asked you if you if you were free to, available to wrestle. Actually, actually. On an indie show, and you said yes. Actually. <laughs> and I was like. It was kind of like that. He says, yeah. so you're, I thought he said, are you free to come to the show? I said, yes, I'll be at the show. And, and then he says. No, you're gonna be wrestling on the show. I go, okay, I guess I will. I'm not gonna say <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's like it, it is funny though because I, uh, well, Elena, and you know everybody. It's weird because that's another thing. A lot of fans want 
what like they, they'll tell they'll ask me like well you know they really should add tell these guys to stop doing all this stuff or doing first of all it was an accident yeah. so you, you know accidents happen not just in wrestling in life you know oh, exactly. you, can, you can fall you could you could walk down the stairs and fall and you're dead i bet you if we went to a, a baseball historian a tennis historian and they'd all have stories they of would somebody. all of a freak thing that yeah. was and Football, that's what this basketball, was. everything, and you know, um, so, so when I, I was telling you this, and people were fans will like ask me about this. I was like, mm-hmm. well, you know what, R- wrestlers, it's easy for me to say quit wrestling, mm-hmm. but I've never been in a, in the ring. I don't really know the rush of being in there. It's not my pa- It's not. I, it's never been my passion right. to be a pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. So it's like I can't tell you. You have hey, a passion yeah, for. I have a passion it. to watching. I enjoy it, mm-hmm. but it's not something I wanted to do when I was a kid. I was like. Even when I was a kid, like, you know, yeah. when, you're, when we're all kids, everybody's like, I want to be a wrestler. And then, like, after a while, it's like, yeah, no, I can't be a wrestler. Right, exactly. I, always was, I was always more of a, I don't think I can ever handle the, the, being a wrestler. Because, I, first of all, I hate traveling. Mm-hmm. I'm not athletic, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like, there's, there's already two things that would automat- automatically eliminate me from being a pro well, wrestler. Well, seen, we've seen some wrestlers who are not athletic. Yeah, and I don't think I'm not so much in lucha, I could, but... <laughs> I couldn't handle the BS in pro wrestling either. Oh, Because, oh. you know, I'm very opinionated. Word. Like, yes. I'm very quiet. But, like, if somebody tells me to, like, tells me something to do and I'm, I don't want to do it, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. I, I would go crazy. Just, yeah. just all the BS and people wanting to pass a buck onto somebody else. Yeah, and, so it's like... I, and, the, and, again, the traveling. I, I, I learned for a very short time uh, on the road just for indies that I'm a domestic house cat. Yeah, I love so going like, to wrestling, but I love coming home. And yeah, I'm not a traveling man. Yeah, I'm so not a like, vagabond. So it's like it's it's difficult for one to tell a wrestler, "Oh, you shouldn't do this." Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really up to you. And a lot of the a lot of the wrestlers who've been interviewed about this, they've said that they some of them have thought about it, yeah. but some of them understand that's a risk. Yeah, and I, I, and I think I think it'd be a little insane not to at least have it cross your mind and think yeah. about your family. I, I mean. <laughs> After the Sunday show, I had to tell Lena, okay, Lena, oh, really? <laughs> I'm, wrestling, I'm wrestling on the, the – the reason this show's a big deal, folks, is uh, – and the reason Elena is also scared is because this is a tr- uh, show to raise money for local wrestler Tritone, who is a veteran of o- over 30 years, probably 35 years, uh, and broke his neck in a training accident, and – Again, a freak thing. It shocked me that somebody like him, because, I mean, this is a guy who could do everything in his sleep. And I don't even know exactly how it happened. He, it, The good news is it looks like he's going to recover. There is still some paralysis. But on April 12th, there will be a uh, benefit show for him. In fact, the next uh, Lucha World, let's plug it big time. Yeah, and continue on with what you were saying, Elena. <laughs> When what I told Elena, say? Elena, when she heard about Tritone, because this happened before Paraguayo, she yeah. really freaked about the thought of me wrestling again. Yeah. And I I just, I can't, I, I said something very, uh, I don't know, soothing, like, well, you know, I'm getting older. I'll do less of it now, yeah. which is true. But um, <laughs> I, Paraguayo Jr. passed away and it was like, no. yeah, and that was really upsetting to her. And um, then when I, I told her that, uh, um, Superboy told me I would be on the show, <laughs> yeah. and actually I am looking forward to being on it. I I want to take part in this. Tree Tone is a guy who's, uh, I mean, I used to take picture pictures of that guy at Hatco Plaza when I was 19 years old, and yeah. uh, and he's somebody who's always been really really nice to me. I mean, I, I was a, one of the gringos coming into the local lucha scene, and he was always just 
really it's so weird. Like, I was trying to find who he was because I couldn't remember. <laughs> like, you know, you see these guys yes, without yes, the mask. Exactly. With their mask and without their mask. I totally can't remember these guys now. It's like I'm always blanking because I remember them without their mask more now because I'm I'm always around them. Yeah. And then when they put on their masks, like who the hell's that guy? <laughs> yeah. And the only reason I the only reason I remember right off the bat is yeah. because on Facebook every year when the anniversary show happens yeah. here in L.A., uh, both he and Superboy are the first ones to ask me if I want to take part in it. Yeah, so it's so weird. Like I I, I used to like like now I'm remembering people's faces more than their masks, which is really weird. Like. Around with the local, and that's guy. weird for me too yeah, because local, you know yeah. how bad I am with yeah. faces. Yeah, I, I, I gotta take some. I gotta take some facial recognition. <laughs> course. I hate this about me. Yeah. I, it drives me nuts. Well, you know, da- Damien six six six. He was interviewed on um, today, and mm-hmm. they were asking him about um, about what happened. He's yeah, and he kind of meant he was talking about yeah, you know, a lot of wrestlers are probably going through that and thinking mm-hmm. about. It. He's like, I thought about it too, and he was about you know retiring or what what because you worry about it. You're thinking about your family and your kids and stuff. And he was talking about, but you know, what happened to um, Pearl Aguayo Jr.? He's like, that was like a freak accident. I mean, if you would have been at that show, he's like, he was talking about the show. He's like, the match before that, Supernova um, broke his shoulder, mm-hmm. fractured his shoulder, doing a Spanish fly to the outside. Right. How that did not kill that guy is beyond me. And, I, I got and a, another guy yeah. actually hurt himself doing that move also, and then there was somebody else who got hurt. Probably there were three guys who got hurt from, from what he was Yeah, saying. I mean, I, to be honest, I'm more concerned about guys doing that. Cause, yeah, I mean, and that's what you think, because like, you yeah. have so many guys who take so many risks. Like, I was watching the highlights of um, Dragon Lee versus um, Kamatachi's mask match, mm-hmm. and these guys were dropping each other on their heads that and doing all this stuff. Me. And I'm thinking, man, these guys survived that, and, and Pearl Aguayo Jr. was basically exactly. like the basic, like him just rolling out of the ring, coming back, and like, there you go. Yeah, just, uh, yeah. and like we said, it couldn't happen in any walk of life. Yeah. And if you avoid everything that's fun, you're just going to be, you know, sitting in your closet hoping yeah. an earthquake doesn't hit. Yeah. You know? And there's another thing that might happen. <laughs> that's why us in L.A. don't really worry. That's right. An earthquake might kill us anyways. Yeah, the earthquakes are just old hat to us, yeah. baby, you know. Um, uh, so, well, I think uh, the next show, two things that I'd like to plug are... Uh, the April 12th show for Tritone. And the other thing is uh, they're going to be having like a Paris de Mal t-shirt. Actually, they're not. They're, they're not doing that? They're, they're not doing that at the moment. Are they and, going to? Uh, the the group, the company that was going to do it in Mexico, Television, uh, uh-huh. I guess they were, they, I don't know if they backed out or they're not going to do it. Oh. And uh, Mass Republic's going to try to talk to uh, Pero Aguayo Jr.'s family. Okay, yeah, because if, if, they, if they are selling that, it'd be yeah, nice to try to pump those yeah, up. Yeah, I, you know? I know, because that was speaking of one of the things I was kind of like. Oh, gotcha, the internet. gotcha. <laughs> that was one of them. Wait, because the first thing. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's hard because somebody tells you, and I don't want to bug. I don't want to bug the guys from Mass Republic with all these things like trivial things. Because to me, I mean, a t shirt is. My, my, whole, my whole thing when, when they were telling me about this, I said, you know, a t shirt. Am I really going to worry about a T-shirt when the family's currently mourning yeah. the death of a of, of of a son, a, a husband? You know. Yeah, no, but I'm the not, reason we know? want the shirts is because the money's supposed no, to. No, but to I know. But yeah. I, what I'm saying, I don't think the family's really at no, that point no. where they're thinking of exactly. that. Exactly. So it's like it's like you just wait. I thought it was too soon when they started saying that. Really, they probably did jump the gun. I, think I mean, good intentions, jumped, yeah. but just yeah, you I know. think they might have jumped the gun. Yeah, that's, that's probably something that has to get resolved. Because I mean, people forget we live in an age where. Um, you know, trademark and copyright and all this stuff exists. Oh, people go lost and stuff like that. It. Yeah, you know, you you got to do everything like legally. It's the most yeah. litigious age yeah. ever. I at least um, I assume it the is. The other thing I want, I, 
I guess we already talked. I think we've heard a lot of people talk about um, Paraguay Jr.'s passing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the things I kind of like enjoyed from the sh- well, you know, the, really the sad part was a lot of the wrestlers remembering him, mm-hmm. and um, they were talking to Rambo, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how when he was back in the day in El Toreo mm-hmm. with the UWA promotion, he was talking about how he used to walk to the locker room, and in the hallway he would see um, Paraguay Jr., Tejano mm-hmm. Jr. Los traumas. Oh no way! All as kids, waiting wow. for their par- for their fathers and all, everything. Traumas for those who don't know is never know about yeah. those kids. Um, That's adorable. Waiting for dad to get yeah off yeah. Work. So he so he was saying so he was saying he's known the kids all these kids. He's like I've known all these kids since I was like since they were like little little, and he's like so it's so he kind of like it kind of like got him a little bit. And he's like he's like so yeah it's kind of hard to like oh it's gotta know hurt. About this stuff. And I keep thinking of Paraguayo Senior who. I mean, here's a guy who, I mean, he's probably the most one of the most banged up wrestlers, but he got through it and he persevered. I thought the story this. about them not wanting to tell him was so like, but you know, the that's last, a very old school thing. I don't, but the last couple of years, you could tell he was. I mean, even like mm-hmm. like his last year's wrestling, you kind of tell he was already starting to like. You started noticing like his motor skills were a little slower because mm-hmm. he wasn't as he wasn't as. I mean, age, you know. Yeah, he got older. It happens. We have a lot of luchadors who still wrestle at that at that at that age. This that are, is true. That this are showing true. it as they wrestle when they, they really shouldn't like be on. No, three. no. There's some who. Yeah. Well, like you said, it's is. You know, it's funny. I remember it was a Chris Jerk who said it's like the mafia. You never get out. Yeah. See, there's a good analogy, but it's off. It's it's not quite. It's a little off kilter. What I compare it to is it's like. A, an act of nature. You can swim upstream, but you're going to get pulled back. It's well, you, you know, it's weird because I, I know a lot of like when people getting back to the part where everybody mm-hmm. was saying about um, how why they should get themselves checked, have mm-hmm. more, um, they should retire younger and everything. Mm-hmm. But like if you hear a lot of the luchadors talk, like a lot of them say that's that's where they'd rather die. Like in the I, Dr. Jerry Graham yeah, said he wanted to die that. there. Like, Nero Casas said that. Like mm-hmm. they were asking him, they were interviewing him, and they asked him if he. If he's thought about retirement, and he was saying that, um, he said like he's like this this past weekend he's like more than usual, but he said <laughs> yeah. but he said but yeah. really mm-hmm. but really he's like I, he's like I love I love what I do, and as long as people want me in the ring, I'm, um, I'd be happy to continue. Wow. And he's like and he said you know really like the the saying dying in the ring. It's like he's like although they say dying in the line. Like in the in the line, the, like something. There's a it's, the ring sounds more poetic, yeah more of a ring than well yeah. Yeah, and you know I could see how if say he passed away in the ring it'd be heartbreaking and sad but so much of the family is in the business yeah, and yeah. live the business yeah. I I guess it wouldn't be tragic as much as it would be just sad oh. I mean because there yeah, there are people who would love yeah. to die in the ring um, they had um this other show they had this other thing interview um, where they interviewed um. They interviewed Nero Casas, mm-hmm. and he had um, he had um, Zacharias well, Federico sitting. The, yeah, uh, photo. so so so, so uh, Mark Cole brought this up. He's like, it's kind of weird seeing um, seeing Zacharias Federico next to him mm-hmm. as he's doing the interview. But if you notice, like before he does the interview, mm-hmm. Nero Casas kind of walks away emotionally. Mm-hmm. I kind of think what happened was um, they asked Nero Casas to come back, mm-hmm. and he asked somebody to like. I think. Maybe Zacharias Aparico was the only one there that said, "Hey, you know, I'll, I'll sit with you so you could, um, you know, right, exactly. you know, so you won't be there alone or something." Support. Yeah, a little support. That's nice. Yeah, but everybody like Blue Panther was like just talking about how, how he just 
he couldn't believe what happened and everything. He's like, it's still a shock, you know? Yeah, and I, I, I bet you there's this weird survivor's guilt for the old school, you know? Yeah, yeah, because they, they all miss because they, they, I mean, Blue Panther said there's not, not going to be another Paraguayo Jr. Yeah. Because of what he, like, what he did and, I mean, the charisma and everything he had. And that's something, uh, I mean, he and his father were both supremely charismatic yet they're two very different wrestlers yeah and you know it's weird because you i remember when people were saying oh uh paraguayo jr surpassed his father and i was like well it's gonna be hard for him to surpass his father because as i mean his father at that age that pearl jr passed away mm-hmm. he still had like 15 20 more years of uh of a career it where... looked like his career was just gonna get better and mm-hmm. i mean well, this looked well, like it was gonna be a renaissance period in triple a i mean paraguayo jr like I think there were like three or four years where you kind of like wondered, oh, I think he might be done. He might be over. Like mm-hmm. his career might be, he might just be somebody who's going to stick around. Right. On name. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the last two years or so, he's really picked it up. He's really, he had really improved. He had, he had actually looked like he would, he had gotten back a little bit of the passion. Yeah. And I must, I, I must, I'm, I'm guilty of not catching that. I'm not, not guilty. I missed out. I missed out on not catching that. But. And he got booked better too. Cause I, yeah. I, as, I, as a lot of, a lot of that happened, a lot of the reasons why he wasn't booked properly mm-hmm. was because also you kind of noticed there was a lot of weird, weird, there was a lot of stuff going on with Pearl. Oh, totally. So they couldn't they couldn't depend on him as exactly, well. and, and it's impressive that he came back so strong because yeah. a lot of guys will come back uh, after having like a bad run and fall back into their old habits. And you know, a lot of uh, sometimes a lot of it's like from the injuries. You start you can't you just can't you're not as good as you used to be. Yeah, that's true too. Just it just you're not they're not the same. And but I mean, the last year or two, he's he really picked up. He always had the charisma too, so it's like right. He always had the personality, the charisma to carry him. So. <laughs> His dad were just born yeah. with it. I mean, yeah. I, I, I just remember every time I'd see Paraguay in person, just blown away by how just yeah, yeah, it was the, like a the, magnet. Everybody yeah. wanted to get to him. Yeah, you know? yeah. So um, I don't know. What did you want to like? Did you want to just? What was your favorite Paraguayo Junior moment? <laughs> You know, I, I I should mention I took I was gonna I was gonna I thought I could get like ten moments, mm-hmm. and I ended up continuing to like add more and more moments. I like this is gonna be like a six hour podcast by the time. Because I have to be honest, I my the most familiar with I can't remember one exact match, but I remember I got turned on to him and Hector Garza. When Perros del Mal. Perros del Mal, Mal, and that's when I was just that was when CMLL was. Yeah, having this total glory, uh, glory years. I, I Mystico. Re- like, like to me, like since I actually kind of watched most of his career, to me, like my first memory was really when he was um, in AAA, mm-hmm. and this isn't like early AAA when it was good. It's not even when they, it was in like it was in ninety nine, ninety eight, ninety nine when they would put him in there with like his his dad. He would team up with his dad and like like Octagon, Octagon, who by that point was really bad. Right, <laughs> he's been bad for a and couple. And from years. what I was told, is that even though he tried uh, mimicking his father, was didn't work. And his right? dad was bad at that point too. Right. So then the opponents were always like Pirata Morgan, mm-hmm. Tejano Junior, Fuerza Guerrera. Yes. Um, actually, this was after Fuerza because Fuerza was a little before that. Uh, but it was like Tejano Junior. It was Tejano, the dad, who was a great work. He was still very good at that time. Tejano, mm-hmm. um, Sangre Chicana, Pirata Morgan, and um, oh god, I can't remember. Oh, Cobarde. Govarde was oh, the other one. Oh, yes, yes. And these guys were old. Mm-hmm. They weren't as good at that point. So then you had Paraguayo Jr. doing all these crazy things like 
topes. And it must have looked. So it looked, it looked like everybody else was in slow motion. But, you know, Tejano, they, the, the old guys, as slow as they were, they could catch him. They could still, they could still base for him. They could still do all that stuff. But it was like him going all out. He's going like he's going like 90 miles per hour. And everybody else is like going at half speed. Like, okay, well, let's just slow it down. I'm picturing and, a whole bunch of Wiley Coyotes in one road. Yes, yes. And, and I, always, I always loved that match. Because, I mean, oh. I, I remember um, in 99... That was like about the time when I would start picking like who I thought were the best workers in the business or anything, mm-hmm. and I remember at that time in 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 um, was it AAA? It was basically Paraguay Junior, mm-hmm. Mini Abismo Negro, and Mascarita Sagrada, who later became Mascarita Dorada. Yes, those three, and then later on Fabio Apache joined that group. Those were basically the four great workers at that time. Wow. wow. And then like afterwards, they started putting um. When Hector Gar, when WCW died and everything, mm-hmm. or, or I think I think Garza left before um, WCW died. I think he left like a year before that. Yes, I think so. And because uh, it was like Hector, yeah, because I think Hector Garza jumped, and then they brought in Ta- Taka Michinoku and all these other guys mm-hmm. from that were still in WWE, but they weren't going to that. They weren't they, they weren't going to WWE at that point. The, right. There was a plan to do that, but they didn't do that. Okay. So. Um, Garza came in, and then they did the Garza um, Aguayo Heavy Metal Latin Lover feud, mm-hmm. which was initially all four feuding, and then it, it split up to Aguayo and Garza teaming up against Heavy Metal and Latin Lover. Mm-hmm. Now, when I started watching, it was when Mystico was in full swing with the feud with them. Yeah, and I so just, you missed like five, six years of while well, you you were going to watch Triple. You know, that's what I found entertaining, like. Rob and I always joked that we were probably the only people mm-hmm. watching AAA at that time. <laughs> Actually, like, you're probably right. <laughs> and we were probably right. But there were people who have written um, history. Like, mm-hmm. I think Chris Z and uh, Chris Zellner and uh, Matt Farmer wrote some stuff about AAA. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they actually watched all that stuff, but I could like I I think I think Rob and I would probably be the ones who you would ask about um like like the weirdest stuff about AAA You'd at that time. You'd be one of the few two go to guys. Yeah, yes. Good and I think and Rob would remember more than I would. Yeah, and you know I, I look back with embarrassment. You know, uh, of course the running joke is I don't watch much wrestling, but uh, and then Aguayo jumped to CMLL, which actually yeah. got that's really where it um when he jumped to CMLL because I think what happened with AAA was he basically became a head a, a star. Mm-hmm. Went in that feud with um with Latin Lover and all those guys, feuded with El Dandy, mm-hmm. and then when Aguayo, his dad was in um CMLL, that's when he jumped to um CMLL also, and that really like took yeah. it to a new See, level. What I remember most is coming over here at Walnut Kills, and uh, I would be seeing six man tag after six man tag, all involving Mystico and. Uh, Hector Garza, Paraguayo Jr., and was it Ultimate Guerrero at the time? Ultimate Guerrero. Yeah, I think okay. they did. A, I think they did a lot of mixed stuff. Yeah, but uh, I remember, and I, I think you showed me one singles match. I want to say it was uh, Paraguayo versus Mystico. That was probably. I don't was. remember much of the match, but I remember just being blown away. Yeah. Like I was excited because CML had not, had not looked good in so so well, you, long. You know and, what, what was so interesting when when Aguayo joined, he was supposed to be the the top babyface, and he was for a while. But mm-hmm. people started booing him, and he basically like I I even made the comparison. If you want to know what Paraguayo Junior was like at that time, mm-hmm. and you haven't watched that stuff, and you're watching current CMLL, picture Rush, but in a hotter period of wrestling. That's a very because well, because good because when Paraguayo Junior yeah. turned, that's basically what happened to him. 
fans turned on him, mm-hmm. and he actually accepted it and became a heel. Like the, the, his heel turn on Hijo Santo was great. Like yeah, him breaking him, breaking the 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 plaque and saying that his dad was a better was a bigger star than Santo and all this stuff. Yeah, which awesome. I mean, some people you can make an argument. But I mean, nobody's as nobody was as big a star as Santo, and well, like, and, and I think I think even if Santo's angel came down, he'd say, "Wait a great minute, angle, yeah." Angle. So, you but know? you know, you do that to build it up, yeah. and then that really led to the whole perils and mal and all that stuff. And that's something I think, I, especially in Mexico, but even in old school wrestling. I don't know if you ever heard about uh, when Jeff Walton was Tux Newman, the manager. And uh, accused Andy Kaufman of killing. I mean, accused accused Jeez. Jerry Lawler of killing Andy Kaufman. Oh, and I remember just like, what the hell? Well, you know, you could get away with that back then. You could, but here's the funny thing: is even back then, I was thinking because uh, Dave Meltzer, you know, knowing I was SoCal, sent me the tape without saying anything. It says, "Kurt, you got to see who's the manager." And I'm going, "Oh my god, that's Jeff Walton!" You know, uh-huh. before everything was yeah, was, where you could get everything easily on tape right yeah. away, and. Uh, he's great as a manager, but when he said that, I went, whoa, that is weird. And then... That's just wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. But I talked... I'm to, done with wrestling. I talked to Dave Meltzer, and uh, he he was friends with somebody who was close with Andy Kaufman. They liked it. Yeah, he said, he said, I guarantee you, Andy Kaufman would... If, if you had a camera in his coffin, his body would have a big grin breaking out, and he'd be so happy. Jeez. You know, and, uh, you know, hell, if somebody did an angle off of me after I died, well, not that they, they could do anything with it. You, you know, it was, it, what I found really interesting was a lot of people thought, a lot of people were wondering if CMLL was going to do a tribute for... Mm-hmm. Um, Ijo de Paraguayo Jr. Uh, since yeah. he was in um, AAA. And I thought to myself, well, you know, I didn't think about that. I thought, you know, of course they are. They're, yeah. You know, he was a huge star for exactly. them. I mean, for like, and there's still people in the promotion who were not only part of Perils del Mal. I mean, people forget that Ible was part of uh, Furia del Norte and later uh, mm-hmm. Perils del Mal. Um, that was the initial group. Before Perils del Mal, it was Furia del Norte. Garza, Terrible. It was a Monterey crew. Well, and when Oro died, Triple A yeah. did a, a. Well, you know, you Triple um, CMLL doesn't. I don't think they. I can't remember if they do it for the Triple A guys. But they're not as. But it, they do do it like for guys who like they know. I was gonna say they're not as extreme as WWE, where if you weren't part of it, you'd never exist. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, yeah, they yeah. they did a moment of applause and everything. I mean, but but that's because you have a lot of ex Triple A people in the promotion in CMLL, and then you still have a lot of guys who were in. CMLL who were worked with Peril. Well, guys who so were really like, bonded with him too. Mr. Aguila, Ray Bucanero, Ultimo Guerrero. And I don't think Paco Alonso would be very popular if he said, yeah. "No, guys, we're not." It's bad. Yet. It's bad enough he doesn't. They, he catches heat for not letting these guys work independent shows. Like, <laughs> that's why they're working independent shows. Like, yep. Plus, yep. they're not. They got to make money, you know, somehow. Well, you know, I, not a heck of a lot of. I mean, news to go over. I mean, in comparison to this. Um, well, we should talk about Ray the Reyes. Since that actually, okay. well, you know, and the, I only saw that one match. It, well, we should no, talk no, about no. what happened. Um, they were supposed to run the show on the what? What day was it? The fifteenth, the fifteenth Sunday, the fifteenth. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to run Ray the Reyes. It was going to be on I Pay Per View. Mm-hmm. And you know the history of I Pay Per Views. I Pay Per Views. Yes, uh, it's not yeah. a history. Well, we got some. The, the one bright spot was that the I Pay Per View actually worked. Mm-hmm. You know. So you can and that is the, the rain coming down. No, actually, yeah, you know, actually, that it did work that day also. No way. Because they held the press. <laughs> I think they held the press conference. Um, they held a. They mentioned that I think they said they came out and said that they were going to run mm-hmm. the show because of what was going on with the rain, and then they were going to run it on Monday. 
And then on Monday, they held a press conference and apologized and everything mm-hmm. that they would run it on Wednesday. And then all this tragedy happened mm-hmm. on Tuesday, the bus accident and all this stuff that I said earlier. And um, on Wednesday, they ran the show. And, you know, you think, what a, it actually was a good show. Mm-hmm. But I made, I think everybody forgot about the show with all everything that happened afterwards with Pearl Glide oh, passing yeah. and everything. I, you know, before I heard about Pearl's passing and people were saying, well, you know, they technically did Raida Reyes, but it wasn't what... And it was already thing. bad. It was already a bad situation yeah. with but the you know, bus. I, 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 was, I, I actually saluted them for pulling the show off. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it wasn't what it was supposed to be, but... It was like... And it was actually a pretty good show. I mean, if we're going to talk about the wrestling side of it, mm-hmm. I mean, the the Raida Reyes match... With Tejano, um, Aerostar, Psycho Clown, and Macias was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Meltzer did not like... I don't think he liked the Viano 4 versus Blue Demon Jr. match. And you enjoyed it, right? I, I thought that was great. Yes. <laughs> there was a lot of people who liked... I mean, if Robbie Hari liked it, you know, and he's not... You yeah. know, it take, he's, he's, he's one of the guys who's like... The, the old he's more of a into the high flying right right I just, I, I'm mildly and there, he's not the only one there's a lot of other people who are more into the high wow. flying because it was a slow match like if you watch the first 10 minutes of the match it was really slow yeah because even I like for me that's a little too slow for me at times yeah but it, it was well worked like it was worked at, towards the end they, yeah. they brawled they did all the stuff that they usually do which was great um, the the main event was actually pretty good too with Pero and Pentagon. Mm-hmm. I did see that. That which, was enjoyable. You know, it was kind of sad afterwards. Um, the cruiserweight match, Phoenix versus Fantasma, Hijo Fantasma, mm-hmm. was really good. Also, um, actually, the entire card was. Um, I think. Oh, the the one bad match. There was one bad match, and it was a Hal Brothers match. That was the oh. really bad match. <laughs> that was really bad. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we we don't have to comment on that. Okay, we'll <laughs> but the rest of the matches were between you know, it, okay and good to it, great. It's, you know, it's it's funny, and I yeah, I, I probably beat this to death. You know, like a flogging a dead horse. But we when we talk about those old schoolers doing hold for hold, you know, and I know I know what I'm going to say is not going to have any impact on the business. But I still think that you can do some of these really bitch and flying moves, but mix a lot of this hold for hold, do some yeah. brawling, do the flying. So you don't beat the hell out of your body every night because it, sometimes it just seems like – I mean I even hate using the word spot fest because I mean what they're doing is incredible and it's yeah. great to watch. But I think they can still be as entertaining. Did you talk about the Hell Brothers about this? Because the Hell Brothers don't do any of that. <laughs> are they entertaining? You do know who the Hell Brothers are, right? Who are the Hell Brothers? Cybernetico is one of them. I okay. mean he does nothing in the ring. That's the okay, problem. Power to him, then. Power to him. Man. He's really Does bad. Does he get over? Oh, I should mention they canceled the Alberto El Patron versus um, Cage match, the Brian Cage match. Mm-hmm. They canceled that because they had um, commitments. Apparently, um, Alberto actually has an injury or something, that and that's why he's going to yeah something, something yeah. like that. And um, so the but the four the, the Ray the Reyes match with Tejano, Aerostar, Messias, and um, yeah, and Psycho Clown was really good. Does he get over? He's been a, he's been around for a long time, yeah. so I, I, as much as I hate, I was that. just wondering who you were talking about when you were saying that. I was no, like, no, no, I'm, I was I'm, like, no, you do know the Hell Brothers don't do any of that. No, I'm not. I was not. Averno. I, I was referring. Actually, Chessman does do a lot of that stuff, but yeah. he didn't. He didn't have to do that no, in this I, match. I'm referring to like the supernovas, the you know. Oh, the guys. <laughs> I'm talking to the guys who are flying all over the place and just. I mean, it, yeah, it looks cool. I'm not going to say it doesn't, but if you. 
did only a quarter of those flying moves and threw in some wrestling and a little brawling too. Don't you think people would be entertained? Well, you know, you know, you know, you're you know you're worried about guys doing high spots when um when it's Dragon Lee and Kamatachi and and I'm one of the people saying they're doing too much. I'm almost scared to watch <laughs> Cause, it because it's like it's like I'm probably one of the people who can handle that sort of thing. Because I mean, to me, if it's a good match, it's a good match. Yeah, it is. It is. Like 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 I know like when Melter Melter would hate. For whatever reason, Meltzer hates high spots if it's um, mm-hmm. a high-flying match, if it's done by luchadors. But he loves it when Dragon Gate or New Japan does it. Which I don't get. He'll, he'll, or an indie show. Like, he'll go to PWG. We've been to PWG. Mm-hmm. PWG does way more shit than mm-hmm. lucha shows. Oh, and I yeah. mean, I mean, and, and Meltzer will rave about it. But then he'll shit on Sombra versus Volador for doing it. And that's where he and I disagree yeah, so, time. So I, then, I, I, I don't get it because I watch some of the New Japan stuff not enough where I can give you it. But... And in Japan, I mean, he, I mean the the strong style, not and the. And I know, high but I know he has addressed the shots to the head. Yeah. But he seems. To, He's very inconsistent in yeah, it. Yeah, he seems to focus a lot on the injuries that the luchadores can yeah. do from flying, where the shots to the head in New Japan. He, he's I a, think he should be addressing every week. He's Larry Zabisco. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard Satanico's turned into Larry Zabisco also? What? Yeah, he Tell me. he doesn't like the he 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 doesn't he worries about high flying. The young the luchadors doing all the high flying that they might not last three or five years in the business. I'm like, dude, imagine if Satanico was hearing him the young Satanico hearing old Satanico say this. Because well, that, young what, Satanico was known for doing a lot of um, yeah. dives and stuff. Well, that, that's not, not a lot of dives, but he would do yeah. the big dive. And, you know, older wrestlers back then weren't doing any dives, you know. every, every Minimal, well, see, You know, the older guys, like the old guys, wouldn't be doing that. Yeah, they would do you know? dives to climax them. Yeah, yeah. That, that signifies... But, you know, I'm talking about the older guys when they watched the, those guys back then. Oh, yeah. They yeah. would be complaining about that because you, you, you read Lucha magazines. Going back to the 60s. There were guys complaining about the style oh, back and then. And you know what? That was going back to the, I, I guarantee, to the beginning of the business. Because one of the, you know, it was hard to find books on professional wrestling yeah. when I was a kid back in the 70s. But my library had several. And there's this one called The Magnificent Scufflers, which was an interesting mix of fact and fiction. But the funniest thing, this book was written in 1959. And what did all the old wrestlers say? Oh, these young wrestlers are a bunch of garbage. It's a bunch of phony stuff. And... You know, forgetting that their stuff was They're going to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, they're going to get hurt. They're doing more high-impact yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I know I sound like just another old guy, but... Uh, uh, I mean, I remember when I knew regional wrestlers here in California, you know, not, not really the luchadors, but they had to wrestle every night, and the reason they didn't just do high spots all night long every night is they said, we're not making a ton of money. Yeah. You know, so we're going to work headlocks for a while, then pick up the pace. Uh, but that's how it was always done back yeah. then. I mean, if you went 110% back then, and and also they had to travel in cars. I'm always amazed hours. at the guys who can work 110% all the time. Because there are some guys who you are mm-hmm. amazed. And, you know, it's hard now because a lot of fans expect you to be that good every single day. Because of yeah. the internet and all the videos uploaded to YouTube. Like, like. The, the video I posted, the show we went to, Sombra mm-hmm. versus Volador. Yes. I thought it was a great match. Mm-hmm. I was worried about posting it because I thought, man, people are going to hate it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, one's opinion, you don't really know if it's going to be the same. And people actually liked it. Yeah. And I, 
So, so I was, but then again, Sombra and Volador Jr. gave you 110%. I mean, they were really going out there. They were doing, I mean, they were doing the Canadian, that Canadian destroyer spot that they do where he like flips them into the the run into a a Canadian destroyer, which is like insane. And and I got to say, while I wouldn't have, if I could do that stuff, I wouldn't have done that much. But I got to say, I, I was sitting there watching the audience. They were having so much fun. And what popped them the most was when all those, uh, near falls in the third uh, fall I yeah. kept on thinking oh they'll probably you know because they did the typical thing where they I thought they were going to like foul at the end or something yeah yeah and I also <laughs> thought the third fall was just going to be let's go home quick let's yeah yeah like a foul like, leave and that's no it. these guys gave the yeah, fans they kept they going I was like holy crap and the fans just looked so happy yeah. I mean I was so jazzed I, I mean to me that's half the fun is when the wrestlers are you know, working their butts off, and you see the fans ecstatic that they're working yeah. their butts off. Because yeah. I've seen sometimes where guys are trying to do everything they can, and the fans are. Like, eh, yeah. uh, but you know what? I noticed with lucha fans, it's like they're a little more. Um, it's not that they're. I think they're just more. They're more. They they're more surprised that the stars are here. <laughs> so it's like they they're are. they're and they're more they're, they're giddy that they're there. That was my take. I think they were even more surprised how hard they were. Yeah. That time Whereas if place. you if if, if that was either. if that was a PWG crowd. They would really want more. Although they would, yeah. pro- I'm pretty sure they would have won them over. That match would have won them over. I don't care. I don't care what anybody who oh, totally. a diehard totally. fan. They would have won them over because I mean, you have Sombra and Volador. You're like, first of all, you're in shock that they're even there. It's like Seeing holy shit. Sombra live doing those dives into the fifth row and then yeah. just sitting in the chair like he's about to have yeah. a break and watch TV. That dude is so awesome. Like, he I, I, is great. Did you see the pictures that they posted on um, UIPW posted yes, I later? Did. I I like, did. He just looks so cool. It's like, holy shit. With and Bola, Bola is, Jr. looks cool too. It but is it, the most nondescript mask and he can make it look yeah. more charismatic than... Um, and plus now that he's been doing the heel role, it, or, he is, it works more. He is really good. I, I, I think so many... Well, and how over he was. He was the one the fans were chanting yeah. for. I mean, he's just over. He's and then awesome. Friday, there was Dos Leyendas. We should probably bring this up. Dos Leyendas, mm-hmm. where they honored El Faraón. Yes. And one of the really great workers well, from the 80s, 70s, and 80s. 78. Wow. Was Roddy Piper. Wow. Man, I, was, I wasn't I was even born back then. <laughs> just kidding. I was 16. <laughs> no, they did They did a, a gimmick that they do in L.A. every yeah. now and then where Piper had a junior heavyweight title of some kind. Um, and Farrone came in and and Piper said, like... Who the hell is this guy? <laughs> like, who's this guy? Hey, I'll wrestle you right now, and if you beat me, yeah, this will be... Did you know a little bit about Farrone by that point? Or yeah, I had seen him in the magazines. So you knew, he was, yeah. you knew he was a star in Mexico? Yeah. yeah okay. And so... Because I'm sure there's... White people are watching that and they're like, oh, who's this Mexican dude? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you'd be shocked at the... But here it was already... He was known. What? Yeah, what, what surprised me once I started going to San Bernardino in the Olympic, of a lot of the Latino fans really... Who... Once who didn't live in Mexico... Knew more or less. Knew about... Uh, Farawan and all those guys. Oh, yeah. When in 1981... Because it's one thing to know about Mil Mascaras. Totally different to know about Farawan. Exactly. Exactly. Like, a lot of people knew. Yeah. I mean... Uh, uh, well, he was unmasked by that point, right? Yeah, he was yeah. unmasked. And they did the thing where Piper says, come on, try and get me. And, of course, Farron, uh drop kicks, uh, body presses, and dazzles him and pins him in, like, a minute and and change. I bet Piper must have loved that. Oh, I, I remember Terry Funk really marking out over Eddie Guerrero's work in the ring. Yes. Yeah, so and, a lot of those guys who could who were really like that type of guy, they would actually Oh, really... totally. And Piper was great because this was before he was, you know, in Portland even where 
something he didn't show a lot of is he would become a real scaredy cat and mm. run in a panic from people and he took that out of his repertoire as he got to be a bigger star, but he was hysterical. And, of course, you know what happens is Pharaoh pins him, and then he says, uh-huh, you didn't have it notarized. We did not sign a contract. <laughs> so the title match will be this Friday night. And well, course, fortunate, fortunately, it. all these guys in stipulation matches on um, last Friday did sign contracts. Ah, um, Dragon Lee beat... Pharaoh warned them about Yes, Cooper. yes. Dragon Lee beat Kamatachi. Mm-hmm. Unmasked them. Kamatachi was revealed to be the New Japan um, indie uh, <gasps> New Japan wrestler. No, I can't remember his name though. Oh <laughs> I should have. I'm surprised I wrote all this down and didn't write his name down. But I, I was. A, <laughs> I know usually you're yeah, you're on yeah. top of this. Usually I'm. Well, I don't remember his name because I remember like um, Namahagwe's name and all those right. guys because I had already seen them. But him, I don't think I saw before that. Mm-hmm. I think I might have seen a clip, but I won't remember him that much. But. Um, I heard the the, the cl- highlight the clips like I said the clips of that match looked like they were crazy like just like a lot of head dropping he beat him with the with that finisher he has the phoenix yeah. plex and that, that like actually, an accordion type of move and you know it's not so much the flying that gets me it's the landing on the head and yeah the, freaks the, me out. and what scares me is that it's not just them like falling in on moves it's like when they do a drop kick mm-hmm. they practically because they want to do it so hard that they they, land, they almost land on their head or the upper part of their backs yeah, yeah. and i think man that's gonna hurt you know it just looks like it looks scary like for some reason but i, I you know I i'm not the, i'm not a wrestler yeah i mean i you know, I, I I met so many guys who could make it look like they were killing the other guy when they're actually being really light, but it doesn't it doesn't look like that to me. Maybe my eyes are just and and we we do know who won the hair match because we saw Volador Junior with that with yeah, hair exactly yes. at this show. Um, Volador Junior Maximo won the hair match against Terrible and Ray Bucanero, and um, actually it was it, the the photos of it apparently at one point. Maximo does a dive to the outside, like he does the w- rope walk and dives on to the outside. But Volador Jr. actually dove into the crowd, oh, which is really cool. Cool, cool. Yeah. So actually, it looks like it. I guess the entire show is going to air in um in Japan. Mm-hmm. So it'll be in some form. We'll have like the. How was it said to be overall as a show? <laughs> I don't know because the only person I saw because I, I can't remember what I was doing that day. Well, most people don't really give you an opinion on well, you know just you, know, give you a quick yeah just tell you the re- the rundown so or thing. The only person that I saw was on uh, Black Terry. Black Terry Junior uh, wrote a lot of Z's. <laughs> he was bored. He was bored during the show. So, but Black Terry, Black Terry's independent at heart. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, uh, what else was there? Um, fr- um, Sunday we went to that show in L.A. Yes, we should probably mention that we saw Zuki. Yes, we did. Mini Luchador. I got to film his match. And we must salute Robbie Hari saying... And apologize to him for not capturing him. Exactly, yes. We yes. promised we were going to catch him. Send him to Canada. We we well, were even going to po- poke holes into the box so he could Yeah, breathe. yeah. Well, what we're going <laughs> so to... You and I are going to buy some safari gear. Yes. And buy an oversized butterfly net. Yes. Go catch Suki <laughs> and send him to Robbie Hart. How right? tiny was he, man? I didn't realize he was going to be I so tiny. Little, I didn't <laughs> like, realize. Like, we had just seen my nephew that earlier that day. 
He looked about as big as him. No, he looked taller. He like <laughs> my nephew's taller than him. Yeah. I actually I tell I told my parents I go I think I want to take uh take my nephew to go like just get his picture oh, taken. Oh God, with him. he'd love that. Yeah, because I just have him like hug him like because <laughs> like, he's such a he's such a he's such a ham for the camera too. So that is cool. Uh, what else? Um, actually, there was a tag match that was pretty good on that show too. Um, Los Luchas versus the LA Fuckers. That was really good. That was that was really good. Um, Los Luchas are Zoker and Phoenix Star. LA Fuckers are Acero Dorado and Shamu Junior. Mm-hmm. That was an awesome. Match. That was really good. We actually saw. Uh, we were talking about all the fans trying to sign, uh, get their autographs, yes, yes. and you were telling me because I was busy. Uh, I I must have missed it or something. Uh, yes. You were telling me that uh, in the second fall, uh, uh, the Los Luchas just got flattened by the heels, yeah. and they get chucked out of the ring. And and as they're kind of like still getting their wits about them, somebody wants them to sign their poster, and so they start signing the poster. And a Cerro Dorado just comes out and nails him, yeah. just like just like like don't sign it when you're still selling. <laughs> Although a lot of wrestlers are doing that. Yeah, and a lot of wrestlers, yeah, like Volador and uh, Sombra in between falls were signing autographs and yeah. everything. I, you know, I get, we were talking a little earlier about Lucha fans, and I gotta say one of the things that I really love about them is there were some matches that were kind of uh, a cluster and kind of, you know, a lot of fans would scream, you fucked up and yeah. stuff. And lucha fans are very forgiving. Yeah, they were just like, like and, and this this crowd especially was more than others. They were others. having fun, man. Yeah, they were just, was, there was, was a lot of kids, crowd. a lot of kids, a lot of kids. It wasn't as packed because, but I think it was. I think what what happened when I when I was filming it, there was really nobody sitting in the in the the reserve the reserve section. section. There was more, a lot more people on the on the bleacher area than yeah. Well, because all the fun yeah. people were at the bleachers. Yeah, and we you, paid. You, yes. We paid. We paid for our. We were, we paid for um, ringside tickets. Because it was five dollars extra, and we thought, yeah, you know, why not? Why not get it? And, and what happened? Superboy sitting way at the top of the bleachers, and we went over there and sat with him. We wanted to sit with yeah. the cool kids. But you know, the cool thing was, I I was able to film the the the, the minis match. Mm-hmm. With yes, ringside. That's right. uh, Cholo, I actually I find Cholo the Tijuana very funny for some reason. <laughs> I don't watch him that closely. Yeah, so he just up. cracks me up. Like all the stuff he kept telling, um, he kept asking the fans if he if if, he, if they wanted him to kick. Um, Octagoncito in the midsection, and the fans would yell, "No, no, no!" And Cholo the Tijuana would say, "It's little, don't worry." <laughs> <laughs> it's little, and he would make the little hand gesture like, "Like oh, it's little, great. it's little, don't that's worry." I and I just kept laughing every time he would do that. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, he, he was, he was, he was funny. <sighs> and at one point, Principe Indu Junior nearly killed Suki, and I told Superboy about this. It was basically uh, Suki was in the one side of the of the of the corner, mm-hmm. and he wanted to get to the other side. And Superboy uh, Principe Indu Junior was supposed to get in the ring, but he like waited. He he like he he stayed outside a little too long, and Suki's head kind of got stuck in between his uh, below his um, like his lower thigh, mm-hmm. and you just see Suki like push him like get out of the way, big guy. <laughs> But wasn't it? Did, did you see the Did you see the spot Suki did that I posted on on YouTube? No, I didn't. Where he gets thrown on classic a shadow, mm-hmm. throws them at the at the corner mm-hmm. turnbuckle at the top turnbuckle. Oh, wait, 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 wait! And I he, did see he, this. He grabs it. Mm-hmm. He catches. He lands on it. Grabs it, and then he just like crawls like a possum. Yes, I did the, see that. I take that back. I was I've like, seen that live. I've, yeah, people were just laughing that when they was saw hysteric. that. That got a big. Pop. Yeah, that guy's great. Like, I, yeah. why isn't he in CMLL? Good question. Well, because he's getting paid more in the if U.S. You can make more. Uh, yeah. as, as, I'm curious as, L, as L.A. Park would say, if you could make more money being a hippie, be a hippie. I'm kind of curious if he's actually getting. 
uh, jobs like on TV and stuff like that. Like, because I mean, Spanish television always has like midgets and stuff like that. Yeah, I one of my godsons went to high school with somebody who's a dwarf. And vertically challenged. I, I apologize. <laughs> I think they'd be upset yes. if you said vertically yeah. challenged. Yeah. But uh, uh, this guy was in the drama department mm-hmm. at school, and he actually finds that he can get a lot of roles. He's also a stand-up comedian. Oh, his name's Brad. I can't remember his last name, but um, he gets a lot of roles because they... They want a lot of roles where there's calls for a little person, a dwarf yeah. or a midget, and here's one who can actually act. And so he gets a lot of work, apparently. Yeah, and I, I just think because these guys can do bu- take bumps and yep. stuff like that, mm-hmm. I would think they would get hired by um, a lot of Spanish television. In stuff. fact, the first time I ever saw minis from Mexico were when the Labelle territory was still uh, going on. In fact, it was the last year they were around. Were these the minis or the dwarfs? The, the dwarfs. Yeah, and yeah. I should mention um, people who aren't aren't familiar with the mini luchadors in Mexico. Before there was dwarfs. In fact, there's we, there were minis, and then there's dwarfs. Yes, enanos, which are the the, the smaller guys who can't really move that well. Right. Okay, which right. is what what are known as midget wrestling in the U.S. Yes, that's what they were like. The guys who are more athletic, who can work and do high flying and stuff like, they became mini luchadors. Yeah, these, these guys were. Uh, was it? Arthur you missed all that. You missed all that from AAA era when it was awful. Mm-hmm. They had um, they had the minis, and then they would have the dwarf matches too. Andre oh the midget. God. They had Andre <laughs> Andre Enano. Remember that guy Gulliver? I remember Gulliver. Him from the he came back and did another character in. in well, in fact, it was the two. He was uh, one of them, right? The two I saw, yeah, Gulliver and Arturito were yeah. the two. And seeing them live, uh, they actually were good worker. I mean, I was fr- I was blown away because the only midget wrestling I had seen is where, you know, they would bite the referee in the butt and pull his toupee off and chase each other. The one that was good, I remember that was um, from the U.S. midget, mm-hmm. was that um, the coconut kid or something. or The Haiti kid? I can't remember what he was. I think, yeah, I think it might have been the Haiti coconut kid. coconut Willie and the Haiti Must have been the Haiti kid. He uh, had a different. It might have had a different. I mean, name. there were some who could work. But, yeah. I mean, their their paycheck was to you know make people laugh. And yeah. Do yeah. But when I saw Gulliver and Arturito, I'm seeing these guys actually doing these ballsy moves, and it freaked me out because they would. It's the first time I ever saw somebody that small take bumps like over the rope and out of the ring, and it just freaked me out because it's going to kill that guy. Yeah. And, you missed um, Dollar teaming up with Peso. <laughs> <laughs> Dollar Dollar's actually a promoter now in uh, Are we going to have a Skittles Pe- versus Peso. Peso was a little midget that I like would that. team I love with it. And of course this was way before Mascarita Sagrada so, uh, dives off the cage. Yeah. But when you had never seen that before and you see somebody that small taking a bump off the top turn bump yeah. onto the floor it, you know, it, Well Suki did a tope I yeah. mean, and he's, No I mean the stuff like, you know what I learned is they can do it all, but yeah. at the time in the, in the early '80s, I had no clue. You know, I, was, yeah. I saw Sky Lolo and Little Brutus all the time, and you're like, "Ah, these guys aren't." What's well, not not that impressive? We got to talk about the other breaking news that happened on Wednesday. Okay, this is really like this is actually it was a pretty difficult. It's been a couple of difficult mm-hmm. days of Lucha Libre, but this really brightened my my day. Mm-hmm. Um, Leono. Yes. Oh, he's yeah. a CMLL undercard guy. He uh, he grew a mustache and a goatee, and dyed it. Oh, he's uh, trying to like Sputnik Monroe. Di- he dyed it blonde, yeah. and like now, and so everybody thinks he looks like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> 
But apparently, he claims he didn't get the idea from Hulk Hogan, from from watching Hulk Hogan. Did he say where he got it from? I have. I, showed me the picture. Yes, what else I, can he, he said he didn't. I, I can't remember what he said, but I mean, who actually would go with that look, basically? Yes. And then he yes. wears the he wears the little the, the the that headband over his head. Yeah. The way Hogan does. So we're, we're all just like we're all like, oh no, Leono's a, a heel now because he's it's it's Hollywood Leono Hogan. <laughs> It can't be the, and I, I'm thinking, why doesn't he go with this? He should be like buying, creating a shirt called Leono Mania, yeah, yeah, and like ripping it, yeah, stuff. doing all this stuff. Like, I, I, I mean, some people who get into wrestling are really like, some of them get it, but then some of them don't get it. And this guy does is like he's not getting the part where if you're gonna look like Hogan, go all out, all you know, the way or be or be, be a be a be a parody of him. Yeah. You know, worst case, you're a funny undercard guy. As yeah. a, as opposed to being a boring bad undercard wrestler. As long as you get work. Yeah, because that's, that's 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 his problem. He was a good looking guy mm-hmm. at one point. And then grow goatee. No, yeah, then he switched to. This. <laughs> but he was a good looking young wrestler who mm-hmm. I thought they were gonna push, even though I thought he was really bad in the ring. Mm-hmm. But you know, guys like that are always gonna get pushed. Yes. And he really never. He kind of just plateaued into like just being a undercard lower mm-hmm. card guy. And so like now he's like really boring because he's been around for so long. And so you're thinking, why not? You're doing this. Just go all out. You're, you're Hulk Hogan. Do the whole... Yeah, embrace it. Because embrace it. We're create, I would, like, the black shirt with Leonomania, and then just, like, do a parody of Hulk Hogan. Like, rip it off. Yeah, and come like, out. Come out. Like, do the, the power up. The yeah, power up and everything. Do all this other stuff. I, that would be my whole gimmick. Like, You know what he should do? He should, each week... Add just one little bit of the repertoire. Yes, he yes. Cup, cup his hand yes. in his ear. Like suddenly, just like yes. do that, and then like like the following week, like wear the shirt. Yes, yes. Then oh, like that the, would the, be sweet. The, like not rip it that time. Just let another wrestler rip, rip it, and then like the following week, he'll be so upset that he rips it off, and then just keep building it up till finally he becomes Leono Hogan, and oh, that's that'd be that great. becomes his. Oh, oh, and then and then uh, then have a wrestler shave his head and eyebrows and redo the Bundy gimmick. <laughs> With Mr. Fuji, <laughs> yes, it could be like the fake WWE guys on oh, the as awesome. CML undercard. <laughs> well, hey, Antonia Pena did prove he, he did something Vince McMahon could not do. What was he that? He could make a fake Lapark and a fake sequel yeah. to make it work. Yeah. So. And he sued them afterwards, the, the fakes, some of them. <laughs> fake psychosis. Actually, he didn't, though. Who would have ever? Yeah, it was. Actually, you know, it's funny. I laugh about what a litigious business it is today, but then I totally forgot uh, um, when I was researching uh, Gardania Davis how he and Moore Siegel in the 1930s had this huge legal battle oh, really? over, uh, uh, I think, I can't remember if it's, I think um, Davis wanted to start opposition towards Siegel and. The deck was fixed in Siegel's favor for various reasons, but he wanted to start unionizing wrestlers and stuff, and they had this bitter, bitter uh, legal war, which I guess, as wrestlers often, or promoters do, they came to an agreement, shook hands, and made up. But it makes me wonder. I wonder if there was a lot of like lawsuits, legal cases that we'd never heard of. <laughs> yeah. The first time I ever heard of a wrestler suing a promoter was in 1980 when Ron Starr... Uh, won the junior heavyweight tournament in uh, Oklahoma when Liam Roy McGurk was promoting. And I guess he was supposed to get a long run with it, and they stripped him of it. And he sued them because he was guaranteed a long run. And every He sued him fan- over that? <laughs> yeah, because he, he was supposed to get a good payday, yeah. and uh, he was supposed to have a good run and get and get a good paycheck for it, too. Yeah. 
and they decided I guess he wasn't marketable, but I remember I but, liked Ron Starr though. Oh he was great. Yeah. Well I thought that, I saw him when he was older, but I mean I, I really And dug he was good book. when he was older. Yeah. You should have seen him when he's younger, yeah. man. He was uh, uh I I'm a mark for the whole like looking like he like a like the beard and all that stuff looking Yeah, like a the first badass. time I ever saw him he was just doing a couple of shots in LA and, and jobbing, but I said, This guy looks like the most badass guy yeah. I've ever seen. Great as a heel or a face. And he's a, I believe he is a face uh, for Liam Roy McGurk. But he said, I was promised that I was going to be given the title and hold on to it for this long. And all the smart fans back then, just their jaw dropped because you weren't yeah. supposed <gasps> to. You're supposed to say that. Yeah. That was before <laughs> WWE, before Kayfabe had Yeah, died. yeah. So, and he, I guess he wasn't blackballed because he yeah. had a good career after that. Because he continued for a long time. The hearts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anton Leone, although people who got black. He was in USWA also for a while, wasn't he? I believe so, yeah. yeah. Hell of a worker. Really good worker. I remember just seeing him in Canada a lot because he was always booked in, like, Stampede, right? And Puerto Rico, too. He was in Puerto Rico. I like the tough Puerto Rico, too, wasn't he? In Mm -hmm. Puerto Rico, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Well, any anything else before we uh, wrap it up? Um, not really. Nothing else going on. Um, salutations just, to the career just, of Hijo de Perro Guayo. And, um... Hope, we'll, hopefully nobody else has to go through that again. Yeah. That, I did, That's I, just sad. I just can't get over how heartbreaking the story yeah. is. I mean, to the family and to... I mean, scores of people knew this guy. And, yeah. Uh, um... But anyway, next week we uh, will have... Two weeks. Two weeks. Right, <laughs> yes. I should say next show, huh? Well, yeah, just say next show because we might not even do it in two weeks. Yeah, that's right? Right. We might actually right. do it in, in a week, two weeks. We don't know. Yep. So we will be back soon and you know we'll probably talk more about... Uh, we'll probably talk more about Dos Leyendas and all that stuff because we should already see it by then. And uh, Kurt might actually watch wrestling for the I next podcast. I might watch podcast. more wrestling. I might actually... I might have like that really... Lucha Underground. Movie. We haven't even talked about Lucha Underground. That's true. Yeah, I haven't. Watched you haven't watched it, so. it, right? I've watched every show. I just haven't recapped it. That one episode where I had watched so much stuff. Yeah, it was that weird. W- I, f- I felt like like somebody. I, I was channeling a spirit or something. Yeah. Like, I, but yeah, I think I'm going to watch more for Lucha Underground is really good too. You should be watching it. I should be watching it, and that and NXT apparently. Although that, I don't watch NXT because I don't have time to. I, I, yeah, I, I don't get NXT. So you don't. It's on Hulu. Oh, you don't have Hulu. Nope, I don't have yeah, to. Too bad. Or I might, and I don't know. It. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you have to. I have to pay for that, actually. Yeah. I don't know if it's free, actually, because some of the stuff they put. I have put my up. HBO when I play Doom on my some, computer. They, they have man. some stuff that's free. Yeah. You just have to watch a bunch of commercials. <laughs> but um, yeah. What's it? That and Lucha Underground and CMLL. You haven't watched any AAA. I have watched nothing. I'm just kind of wondering what AAA is going to do now without um Ejo Carolina. It's going to be it's going to be weird just like I mean he seemed like he was like uh, the nucleus of because their heel side is very weak it's yeah. very weak because I mean the baby face side is basically and this looks like a real turning point in the promotion yeah the baby face side is Alberto Mysticis mm. Rey Mysterio I don't picture them turning Alberto here at heel yeah and then you have the heel side is Tejano and Messias Pentagon Jr but I mean mm. the plan was Paraguay Jr was going to be like the main rival for Mysticis and Rey Mysterio and Alberto at some point too wow yeah well we'll be back next time hope we have happier news to present and uh, until then everybody take care